Welcome back to the Rocky Retirement Show. I'm your host, Kathy Klein, and today we're talking about the differences between men and women regarding adjustment to retirement. And in this show, we'll show you how to make your marriage work because if you're both trying to adjust, well, that can be a little tricky. Now, I do know that many of you are single, but you are likely interacting with people of the opposite sex, and this show will help you understand them better so you can get along better and have less stress in your life. Today's guest is Dr. Sarah Yogif, and she is an expert in clinical psychology. She's been working with marriages and individuals for many years, and I'll let her tell you about her credentials in a minute. But before we start, I wanted to tell you that this episode is brought to you by the Baby Boomers 30-Day Journal. This write-in journal helps you keep your life on track by tracking what's important. And those are the six pillars of retirement that we've talked about on the show. And you can get your journal by searching for it on Amazon. It is the Baby Boomers 30-Day Journal. Or you can go to rockyourretirement.com forward slash journal. Okay, I won't make you wait any longer. Let's go ahead and bring on Sarah, Dr. Sarah Yogev. And Dr. Sarah Yogev, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Please tell my listener who you are and what you're all about. Hi, Kathy, and I'm delighted to be uh, on your uh, show. Uh, as you said, I'm a psychologist in private practice in the Chicagoland area, and for more than 30, decades, uh, 30 years or three decades, I've been helping adults and individuals in uh, marital and individual therapy, and I also did career coaching. I uh, was a professor at uh, Northwestern University for 10 years, and my research was on the way people combine work life and family life. Uh, so my interest and expertise and my book, uh, my books on uh, retirement is as a result uh, of that. Well, that's awesome. How did you decide that you wanted to work with marriages? Oh, with marriages was a long time ago because uh, I think that when you try to help individuals, the relationship with our significant other is so uh, important and so many people suffer because of that. And you become so much more effective when you see both spouses or both partners, if they are not married for me, it doesn't matter. But then when you see just one and try to implement change that way. But how I became interested in retirement is uh, what's going on there is that I had clients, uh, you know, that came. I had, like, for instance, a 45-year-old woman that came uh, to see me because her parents were driving her crazy uh, suddenly. She was having a very good relationship with them before. And what was very clear is that as uh, her father retired, the parents' relationship became so awful uh, that um, she was the one that was supposed to be the in between therapist and she couldn't do that. Oh, so they were they were not getting along. Oh my God, not getting along is an understatement of the year. In addition, uh, at the same time, I had the couple that was married for I think like over forty years. 
Uh, he was in his late 70s. She was uh, in her early 70s. And they had a very stable marriage uh, at, until that. And when he retired, she was a homemaker. He sold a very successful business. They just couldn't get along anymore. He he was complaining to no end how controlling she is. And she said, I'm the same controlling that I was all those years. And, you know, it's uh, something that he knew it changed. So what became very clear to me is that people are not planning for the psychological aspect of retirement. They put a lot of time and energy into financial planning for retirement, but not into the psychological planning. And uh, it is very important on a personal level as well as on a couple level. Uh, I call it preparing for the third chapter of our life. Well, you know what? You and I, you and I are very much aligned because that is the whole reason why we started this show. And mm-hmm. here, we don't necessarily use the term psychological, but we have the six pillars of retirement that we talk about. Do you want to hear what they are? Sure. So we have the spiritual aspect, your significant other, your friendships, your purpose in life. You know, that would be your working mm-hmm. or volunteer work or, you know, uh, mm-hmm. your hobbies, your health and your family life. Oh, my God. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, so we're very much aligned, you and I. We we have the same ideas. Mm-hmm. So these are two instances where you knew that the marriages or the significant other really had to had to come together at retirement. Um, were you able to help either of those, or was that before you really started oh, yes, specializing? Yes, and well, I was able to help them and many others. But that would prompt me to write uh, the book because I believe that there are two uh, strong and important misconceptions uh, that comes to uh, retirement. The first one is more on a personal level, and people say, uh, but also on a couple of I know how to do leisure. You know, it's a big deal. I had vacation before. But people don't take into account that when the leisure period is, can be one-third or one-fourth of one life, we start feeling different than a one-month vacation. Uh, in my books, I talk about the stages of retirement, and uh, many people are going through what they call the honeymoon stage. Uh, I'm free to do what I want, wherever I want to do it. I have all my projects of cleaning the attic or putting photo in the album or taking trips and stuff like that. But when that stage is over, come the disenchantment stage, uh, which I described in, you know, the most recent book is in chapter three, and people often get depressed. And indeed, we see the depression among uh, people um, 65 years and older is rising in an alarming manner. Uh, It was only 3.2% in 1992. It's up to 6.3 in 2005, and wow. I don't have the most recent one to show it, uh, even you know, uh, much higher than that. A lot of uh, seniors are, are reporting that in addition to medical problems, they also experience psychological uh, and depression. And research shows that one-third of retirees experience depression definitely in the first two years of retirement, and those numbers are higher, but they couldn't find 
specifically for people that experience what they call forced retirement, unplanned retirement. It's not something that they chose, but it was put upon them. Do you think that um, more men get depressed after retirement than women, or is it pretty even? I, you know, let me just say one more uh, thing. I don't know if more men become depressed. I think that uh, when we will talk about the difference between men and women, I want to touch upon that because uh, it's really interesting that research is showing that the group that has the most difficulties adjusting to retirement is professional women more even than professional men. I have no explanation for that, but that's what research consistently is showing to us. What we know is that there is very unhealthy alcohol consumption uh, among the uh, among seniors in a way that, you know, there was a book uh, that was written about the hidden uh, epidemic by Bahra uh, about that. And I think that what men do is they tend to drink more than women. It's much higher, uh, and the abuse of alcohol uh, or increased level and healthy level of alcohol consumption, it's among men uh, much more than among women. Uh, so if we talk about misconception and uh, not being prepared, that's one thing that happens. Another misconception is that people are not aware that retirement is going to create a lot of changes in their marriages or significant relationship in the same way that the birth of the first child changes marital dynamics in retirement or as we age, many domains need to be renegotiated. For instance, uh, time together and apart or division of housework, or how we allocate money and time to different activities and organizations and people. And indeed, what we see is that both men and women report in the first two years of retirement low level of marital satisfaction and high level of conflict. We also, I'm sure that you heard or your listener heard about the gray divorce phenomenon. Yes. divorce among the 55 years and older, and while overall divorce rates are somewhat getting lower in uh, in America, it is surprisingly rising among the 50-plus. We had one in 10 divorces in 2090 of older people, you know, the great divorce. In 2009, it was one out of four and the latest statistic that they have is for 2011, when it's already 28% of all divorces uh, are the gray ones. So, and the expectation that it will continue to rise. And people are totally expect, oh, we are entering a golden years, and uh, everything is going to be wonderful. We have been together before, so we know how to deal with that. And they are not prepared for the changes. You know, that is one thing that really stresses me, knowing that people who have been together for years and years, they make it to what we consider to be nirvana, and then all of a sudden they can't get along anymore and they wind up getting Mm -hmm. divorced. I just find Mm -hmm. that to be so sad. It's so so sad at that stage in life, yes. 
What we know is that generally emotional intimacy with a significant other uh, is very important in all stages of our life, but it's become even more important uh, in the third act, in the third age. Uh, what we know is that having a significant relationship with uh, a partner reduces loneliness and social isolation, and it is related to health and even to longevity. Loneliness has very strong negative health influences. And the quality of couples' relationship is most important for seniors um, because it's so closely related to their general life satisfaction. So do you have any, like, tips on what to do when prior to retiring so that this doesn't happen to you? Like any Absolutely. solid tips? Like what can we do? Absolutely. <laughs> First of all, uh, be prepared that your vision of how life is going to be not necessarily matches exactly uh, your partner's vision. I want to give an example. Uh, a couple that I don't remember anymore if I saw them in my practice or, you know, some of the people that they interview for the book told me, oh, we know exactly what we want to do. We want to travel and we want to rent an RV and kind of like explore Europe. They had uh, means, so, you know, uh, they, they were able to afford a nice lifestyle. But uh, what became very clear is that his expectation was to rent an RV and go to Europe for about a year. Uh, Italy and France and Greece, you know, he has a whole list of places that he wants to see. She was aghast. Her perception was that we'll go to Italy and we'll be in Italy for about a month or six weeks and then we fly back home. After all, we have children and grandchildren and I want to see them and I want to be isolated and we'll do it back and forth, back and forth. So there perception, they thought that they are so alive, we want to travel and we want to be in an RV, as they said, the devil is in the detail. So um, you've got to be prepared that there would be some different vision uh, and expectation about what's going uh, to happen. Um, and uh, you be got to be able to and be prepared to uh, have conversation about it and disagreement. The fact that you have disagreement doesn't mean that it's a bad relationship. It means that you need to adjust. So do you, do you have any like worksheets or anything where people can go through questions with each other just to set the expectations? I don't want to promote my book too much, but my book, A Couple's Guide to Happy Retirement and Aging, that's the third edition. At the end of each chapter, I have questions, self-help uh, questions that people they can answer themselves. And by and there are no right or wrong answers, they're all right. But by both thinking about those issues, um, they can see in what ways they match and in what ways they don't match and start talking about it. If the relationship is good, there is no reason why they won't be able to come, come to some come, uh, some kind of a compromise. Um, 
they, uh, you know, one in one domain uh, can be your way and the other man can be her way or find something that's in between. <clears throat> Sorry <clears throat> about that. Um, people need to be aware that they increase time together can weaken even the stronger ties as it brings tension and friction so much to the uh, surface. Uh, like certain habits that uh, your husband has were okay when you saw him for two hours in the evening and the weekend you were busy doing different things. Uh, but when it's so much more time together, his repeated jokes um, start to be annoying. Or I had one couple uh, that I saw. Um, he retired and she had a... Routine, they had three daughters, so she would call every morning her daughter just to see what's going on, if they need to help for something or another, and tell them anecdote or whatever, what's going on in sale at the local store or whatever the issue is. He was very frustrated. How can you talk the same thing again and again and again and again? And her repeated stories... Um, were very annoying to him. So the more time that couples or partner has together uh, can elicit more uh, criticism. Uh, another um, kind of like funny uh, story that uh, I remember it was not so funny for the couple. Um, he was a quality control engineer. And she was more of a free spirit, uh, somewhat of an artist. Uh, and forever he was not very upset that I uh, was not very pleased that she's not more organized. <clears throat> when he retired, she always said that he, she wanted him to be more involved in housework. And um, one day, and he said, I uh, was not so sure about it. Uh, but one day when she went to play tennis, he rearranged the pantry for her and he arranged it alphabetically. And she was livid uh, because from his point of view, this is a better way uh, to do it. And for her way, she had her way. She was doing all the cooking and she had her uh certain items on the left and other items on the right and they didn't have to be lined up like soldiers in a, a row and it caused huge friction uh, between them. Yeah, he thought um, he was being helpful and she now can't remember where anything is when she's trying to cook and it takes twice as long. And also she felt like he's really stepping on her domain. Oh, um, right. And that's another, you know, you'll be surprised how much housework that can be such a silly, or maybe not silly, but a relatively trivial item can cause so much friction. Uh, if you have a couple where she always wanted him to be more involved uh, in housework, yet uh, he felt that it's... Um, feminine work and that it demasculate him, uh, he might not be willing to do that. And for couples, let's say that he retired before she did, 
uh, and he still expects her to come home and do all the cooking and the cleaning, you can imagine that that can cause a lot of resentment. But on the other hand, if he's taking turns in the home to a greater extent and she doesn't like it, she feels that he's, you know, stepping on her turf. Right. Uh, and if he is doing it, he has to do it her way. After all, she has done it all those years and he wants to have his autonomy. So housework can be a domain that couples really fight about. And it's not just how to load the dishwasher, but it becomes an issue about autonomy and can I have my way? Uh, can I be respected for my way? So it can bring a lot of issues. And with my experience working with couples, very often it's not the item that matters. It's the psychological meaning that we attribute to that item that get loaded and get problematic. Well, let's talk about loading the dishwasher. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. let's say... If I'm loading, yeah, yeah, yeah. loading the dishwasher in a certain manner, and you and you never loaded the dishwasher before because that was my domain, and now you want to load the dishwasher, but you put what I put on the top, you put at the bottom, and it doesn't get as cleaned as well, or you cannot pack as much stuff into one load as when you do it my way, which is the efficient, <laughs> better way. And I put it, you know, I'm raising my hand. You can't see it. Like, quote, quote, you know, it's my way. Uh, I feel like it is slight on my judgment. Mm, yeah, because that's happened. Okay, so I'll give you an example. That happens with my husband and me. He likes to put the, the bowls on the top of the dishwasher. And mm. a lot of times... I don't have a room, like there'll be glasses that I need to put in. And so I'll move the bowls to the bottom of the dishwasher because I need to have the plastic items on top so they don't melt, right? Right, right. And then sometimes I think I've hurt his feelings because he's like, oh, you moved the dish, you know, you moved. Like the... I didn't do it right. Exactly. It right. And I'm yeah. like, no, honey, it's not that you didn't do it right. I just needed to put the plastic items up here so they didn't melt. So, mm -hmm. so how could that because what you're saying is that could be a problem down the road. So how might I do that without hurting his feelings? I think that when we explain our process, why are we doing it? Like what you said, because the plastic will melt if it would be at the bottom. And the other person is explaining their process and their logic. Then we can see that there is no intention, no malintention to let us I let the other person know you didn't do it right. And then we can decide on what would be the client's best, best way to load the dishwasher, you know, uh, and come to some kind of an understanding. But for so many couples, they are unwilling to address disagreement. For them, it's like a sign that something is wrong in the relationship because in the past, we didn't used to do it, so why would we do it now? That means that something is wrong with us. And the more resentment that we harbor inside and don't flash it with the other person, the, 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 the worse it gets. Um, another issue that very often comes up is time together and apart. Um, for, uh, you know, many men, the wife is 
their closest friend, and if they were working and she was not, then very often she adjusted her availability according to his schedule, particularly if he was traveling much or if he um, uh, was working long hours. So she did her activities and social uh, life usually at the time that he was not available. Um, I, I'm sure that you've heard stories about he retired and he expected she would be with him. Oh, all the time. Uh, and the wife right. has her own thing. She's got her own friends. She's got her right. own activities. And the man, many times, they don't, just like you said, because she's his best friend, but that might not be the case for her. She might have a female best friend, right? Women tend, we tend to have a larger social network than men. For men, very often it's mostly their colleagues. And uh, when they retire, uh, maybe at first there is still some more contact with them, but eventually those ties wears off. And if they don't replace them, then they feel very lonely. And that's why, as you said, it's important to have friends and it's important to have other purpose and family ties so you can engage and feel valued and respected and not depend on your spouse to give you most of those connections because that can be smothering to the other person. We each have our own needs for emotional intimacy. Uh, For some people, it's more time. For some people, it's less time. But it's important to be willing to accept that the other person is different. It's not that she or he uh, don't love us, but that they have different needs. If you said that you want stories, so another story that uh, bring uh, comes to my mind is a couple where he uh, was a consultant and he traveled a lot. And most of their uh, life, uh, they've been married for, I don't know, like over 30 years when I saw them. He was at home mostly uh, on weekends. And the kind of person that he is is a thinking introvert. So being away from the family didn't bother him that much. He made every uh, night a phone call, talked with the kids, talked with her. But she always felt somewhat lonely and emotionally disconnected because when he was around over the weekend, they had to run errands and uh, do things that needs to be done. And there was not much time for really strong emotional, spiritual connection. So she was really hoping that that all will change and all her expectation would be kind of like met when he retires. But guess what? As a thinking introvert, he did not have the need to have such strong connections. And she felt so betrayed and so abandoned by him. Uh, So sometimes when we spend more time together and we don't have the distraction of work, Unresolved issues that have been in the relationship throughout the years come to the surface in a much, much stronger way, and we need to be willing once and for all address them. Very often, couples are willing, if they're willing to talk about them by themselves, 
if needed, with the help of a professional, they do get to the place that they are very, very happy. And their relationship is stronger and much more authentic than it was before. So it doesn't have to end. We don't have to be in this grain divorce statistic if we're aware of the potential pitfalls during and before retirement and talk about it and basically plan is what you're saying. You need to plan for this psychological issues that can come up by maybe going through some of the worksheets in your book or even mm-hmm. just talking about it or maybe hiring somebody to go through this with them. That's what you're saying, right? Absolutely. And be prepared that like any transition, transitions are not easy for many people. Some people love transitions, but most people have a little bit of problem with that. So it is a transition uh, and expect that there would be some bumps on the road uh, after the honeymoon stage is over. Even couples were both retired at the same time. They timed it so that they're both retired at the same time. One partner might take longer to adjust than the other, and we can't be impatient with them and say, what takes you so long? Why are you still depressed? Or why is it you're not finding your groove? After all, I did. It had been six months or it had been a year or whatever. We do things differently, and we need to be prepared uh, for the differences to surface. Well, it's kind of a grieving process, too. I mean, after all, when you're working, you have a title, whether that title is cashier or CEO of a company. And then when you're retired, you kind of lose that title. Yeah, and the identity that it provides and the structure and the social connection, you know, when we lose that, it's huge, huge, huge loss. So you have to figure out what you're going to replace that title with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you <know>? Absolutely. <laughs> you know, Absolutely. maybe maybe when somebody asks you what you do at a party, you say, well, I grow butterflies or something. I mean, I don't know what mm-hmm. your what your title will be, but we all need to find that purpose in our life yes. after we retire. Absolutely. Now, I know that you have a meeting after this, and the time has flown by, so I want to respect your time. Is there any tip or advice that you want to give the listener before we say goodbye, and then we'll talk about your books as well? Okay. Uh, To start planning for it before you retire, think about what you want to see happening be prepared that there would be disagreement, that your vision is not exactly the vision of your partner, and be willing to um, talk about it and accommodate and adjust. can't be only your way. But the awareness that those are big changes and you cannot expect it to be just one big leisure and running from one activity to the other as a way of being busy doesn't make you feel fulfilled and won't work. Mm, excellent. Excellent advice. So how can the listener reach you and uh, tell us about your books? My most recent book is The Couple's Guide to Happy Retirement and Aging. And uh, it just came out in March of 2018, and people can find it on Amazon. They might be still able to get the prior edition that was in 2012, which is A Couple's Guide to Happy Retirement. 
but I highly recommend the new, the third edition, because I added uh, chapters about uh, alternatives to uh, marriages, like we see that among these seniors, we see high level of cohabitation and living apart together is viable alternative to traditional marriages. I have a chapter about the impact of technology. I have a chapter and plus other editions that were done to other chapters. Couple's Guide to Happy Retirement and Aging. I also have a website, sarahyougev.com, and um, they can also reach me by email, sarahyougev at yahoo.com, and I write Sarah Noage, so it's S-A-R-A-Y-O-G-E-V, at yahoo.com, and by phone, 847-470-1925. Awesome. I will also have links to that in the show notes. And so if you didn't get all that, if you're walking your dog or driving in your car and you can't write that down, don't worry. Just head on over to the show notes and I'll have all of that listed for you. Thank you so much, Sarah, for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Ah, My pleasure. And for the listener, we'll see you next time on Rock Your Retirement. Oh, wait, I wanted to thank you again for listening to the Rocky Retirement Show. If you're a new listener, a good place to start is episode 116. This explains the six pillars of retirement lifestyle and our general philosophy. Episodes 1 through 236 can be thought of as an encyclopedia. These are topics that may or may not be interesting to you. You can listen to the ones that you're interested in and forget the rest until the issue becomes an issue for you. And that's okay. I actually don't recommend starting with episode one and working through until the most recent. That's actually not how the show was designed. Of course, if you want to do that so you can see how the show changed over time, you're welcome to. Now, starting in August... Actually, August 31st of 2020, we changed the format of the show. The monthly episodes starting with 237 follow a real retiree from her pre-announcement through her first year of retirement. There might be bonus episodes, but we're committed to monthly. If you've enjoyed any of our past shows or the show that you've just listened to and you want to support us, you can do so in any of the four ways. One, share this episode with a friend or family member who needs to hear it. This is the most important way that people find us. Since our audience is typically older, we grow by having our listeners share our episodes with others. Two, subscribe to or follow the show using whatever podcast catcher you're listening on right now. Now, if you're listening on your computer, you can listen on your smartphone by going to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, iHeartRadio, Spotify. I mean, I believe on all of them. 
If you can't find us on the podcast catcher that you'd like to use, send us a note on the website at rockyourretirement.com and we'll make sure that we get on your favorite podcast app. But basically, what you do is you download the app and then you search for the show and when you find it, you'll hit subscribe. Make sure it's the Rock Your Retirement Show and that you hear my voice when you listen. Um, Actually, there were some episodes where Henry Shapiro was a guest. Uh, we, We actually downloaded some of his episodes. So if you hear him, it's probably still the the same show. There were maybe 34 or 35 episodes back in the beginning that we hosted on our show uh, when he decided to leave podcasting. Number three, how you can support us is by leaving a review. Whatever podcast app you're listening to normally has the option of leaving a review, either a written review saying how great the show is or just with stars. Five stars is typically the best. And of course, we're shooting for those five-star reviews. And if you tell us why you like the show, what you liked about it, it's actually easier for other people to understand what the show's about. A lot of people, when they find our show, they think it's about money. And of course, by now, you know that it's not. Number four, if you'd like to support us financially, of course, we're always appreciative of that. Just go to rockyourretirement.com slash support and it will take you to our page where you can support us financially. Thanks again and we'll see you next time on Rock Your Retirement. Bye!